You're listening to Clouser on Business. Thanks for coming back. I'm Clouser, your host. Glad you're with us today. Many business owners and managers face common challenges with their businesses. How can they effectively manage their business on a daily basis? And maybe more important, what must they be doing to grow the business to the next level? I have found in my experience that owners and managers do certain things well, but many lack the experience or expertise to manage all facets of their business. I'm happy to have with me today Sid Smith of Predictable Traction, a firm that helps businesses by implementing the EOS system, a system of disciplines that assist the owners and management to clearly see and manage all that is happening within their business. Welcome to the podcast, Sid. Well, thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and... uh, what, how you how you got to here today? All right. Well, uh, first, a little personal information. So I married to my wonderful wife, Linda, and we lived together on a floating home on the Willamette River and have two grown children and five mostly grown grandkids ranging from 15 to 21 years old. And how I got here really is a, a somewhat of a long story, but I'll keep it short. I've been a consultant, a... Uh, implementer, a teacher, a facilitator for pretty much all of my adult life. I found very early on that what I was passionate about and what I loved doing was teaching, facilitating, and coaching. And so in various capacities, I've worked with a number of different industries and a number of different businesses over the years. And I've owned my own business now for about 20 years, built up a successful marketing company. And over that time, I just found that as I wanted to come back to that passion of teaching and facilitating, I really wanted to think about how can I help businesses overcome a lot of the obstacles that I saw, a lot of the barriers that I saw. And then I was given a book called Traction, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. And as I read that, I realized that this was exactly what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. This person had just created this system that I could not have come up with on my own. And so it's just, it's really worked out well for me. This is what I'm doing full time now. This is all I'm doing is implementing EOS. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, you were, you had a marketing company? I had a marketing company prior to that. Prior to that, I had, uh, I was working as a consultant and coach and uh, leadership development. And prior to that, I worked uh, for almost 20 years for Hewlett Packard as a, as a consultant. So I actually helped Hewlett Packard get its consulting organization off the ground before there was such a thing within Hewlett Packard. That's great. So, how did you uh, become aware of the EOS system? And what, uh, why don't you tell our listeners what EOS stands for? Okay. So, EOS stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. And I learned about this through the book called Traction, written by a man named Gino Wickman, who was the creator of this system. And a little bit about Gino. So, Gino was an entrepreneur himself. He took over his family business when he was about 25, ran that for several years quite successfully, ultimately selling it. During that time, he was also one of the founding members of the Detroit chapter of EO, Entrepreneur Organization, worked with dozens and dozens of entrepreneurial organizations, really trying to help them figure out how to run a better company. So he looked at all the great ideas out there, the great theories, the great books, read those and said, how can I put this into a system that the typical company, 10 to 250 employees is our sweet spot, so the typical company can actually do, they could actually implement these things that weren't just great ideas, but there were things that they could actually do, and that's how we put together this system called EOS. Yeah, so uh, for our listeners, uh, especially those who may own a business, uh, you know, what type of businesses and maybe where is a business uh, 
in its life uh, that should be looking toward uh, the EOS system? Well, the, one of the things that I mentioned is a company size. Generally, we work with companies of 10 to 250 employees, although there are companies with uh, one-person, single-person companies, two-person companies, and companies with up to 1,500 to 2,500 employees who are using the EOS system. The key is, for any of these companies, is that they're, they've got to be growth-oriented. In other words, they want to grow. They want to get better. They have a desire to, to run their business better for a lot of various reasons. They might be a little overwhelmed. They might be struggling. They might have hit some sort of barrier in their growth. But there's going to be some reason why they think we want to do things better. And so given that, and if they're really open and honest and willing to be vulnerable with themselves and those around them, then EOS is a great fit. So we like to say that it's really for any company. People say, well, we're unique, we're different, what about us? And the response is, well, do you have employees? <laughs> yes. <laughs> then it's going to work. And are you a human being? <laughs> and are you a human being? Exactly, yeah. Hey, so so is there, do you find that there's a uh, commonality uh, amongst the, uh, the businesses that uh, – either find you or you find them uh, that they have in, in common? Is it, a, uh, is it a management problem or are challenges not necessarily a problem? Is it just uh, maybe the uh, business acumen of the uh, owner or management? Yeah, yeah. It, they can come to us through a variety of channels within their business. Again, it's, it's they're, they're looking to grow. They're looking to get better. And that could be uh, companies come to us and say, you know, I know that uh, the CEO might say, or the owner might say, I know I've got a pretty good idea where I want to go, but I just, the, I've got people in my organization, especially at the management level, who have kind of grown up with the company, and they got their ways of doing things, mm -hmm. and so they're kind of resisting the change that I want to make, and so they might come and say, how do we kind of fix that? Um, so we want to get everybody on the same page with where they're going. Another thing is maybe they're having, uh, they've hit a ceiling in terms of their revenue. They've been growing, they're doing pretty well, but they know that they can do better and they look at, they just do kind of that internal search a little bit and just say, you know, I think one of the reasons why maybe we're not doing as well as we can is that we've just got this way of doing things that we've been doing it this way all, all along and maybe we need to look at a different way of running our business. Yeah. I've, I've always uh, learned in my experience and been taught, I guess, that on the entrepreneurial level that um, uh, owners uh, can get a business to a certain level but once they get to a particular level and, you know, let's just say particular revenue, what worked originally when they started the business no longer works because their business has grown. They've had to add people. Exactly, exactly. So they were looking for that extra edge, mm -hmm. uh, maybe a different way to do things, maybe a better way to do things. But they're looking for that shift. And they know that they can't get that shift by doing the thing, same things they've been doing all mm -hmm. these years in the same way. Mm -hmm. would, would it be fair to say that uh, all businesses, whether good or bad, operate under some sort of system? Absolutely. Uh, there's, you look at any company, any company that's been around for at least five years, and maybe they start with two or three people and then they grow up. They hire a few more. They hire a few more. Those people become managers. And over time they have a certain way that they are running their business. It's a way that they communicate with each other. It's a way they run their meetings. It's a way they hold each other accountable or don't hold each other accountable. 
but they've got a certain way that they're doing things, and that is their operating system. Mm-hmm. And I've now I've heard uh, you say before you've got some sort of golf analogy or something to. Well, yeah, you it's, can help it's it's really if you think about the person who is a, a ten handicap golfer. Okay, so they've been golfing for a while. They're kind of stuck at that ten handicap level. I mean, that's pretty good. It's a lot better than I could do. I don't have a handicap. That's how good I am. I'm, I'm my own handicap. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're kind of stuck at that level. And the reason they're stuck is they've got a similar concept. that They've got a way that they've learned how to do things, whether it's putting, driving. They've got a way that they've learned how to do that. And the only way they're going to bust through that is to make some changes. It might be in their stroke, might be in how they hold the club, but there's something that they need to do a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. So they need a little bit of guidance with that to make those changes to break through that ceiling. Mm-hmm. That's, a good, that's a good analogy. Uh, so tell our listeners uh, how you go in and uh, make an assessment uh, with a new with a new client company to to determine you know where 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 they are. Okay, so it's really pretty straightforward for us. So what I'm going to do is simply go into a company and we have what's called a 90-minute meeting because, well, it takes about 90 minutes. And Good name. Yeah, it, <laughs> it works. Everything that we do has a good name to it. So what I'm going to do is, is first thing I'm going to do is ask them a series of very simple, straightforward questions. You know, things like where, where do you want to be in three years? What keeps you up at night? On a scale of 1 to 10, how effective are your meetings? So I'll just ask a series of questions just to kind of find out where they are. And in terms of assessment, the only other thing that I'm doing in this meeting is I'm assessing their willingness to take on this new operating system and their willingness to be open and honest and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, if they're willing to do that and implement the system, it really, there's no other assessment on my part. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So without giving away your uh, secret sauce, uh, why don't you share some of the, uh, you know, the principles of the system? And uh, there's, yep. there's several. Why don't you pick, uh, you know, three or four or five of them? And Yep. I'll, I'll actually kind of run you through the basic model just to kind of get a sense of where this comes from because I think it's important to understand kind of where all this came from and how it, how it came to be. So if you look at any business, let's say Bob's got his plumbing shop. And he's got maybe 30 employees, decent-sized company. He's doing pretty well. They've, they've been in operation for a while. They're doing okay. And so Bob kind of gets to a point where he says, you know, I, I think we can do better because I'm looking at my competitors. I'm looking at the industry. And I think given the market, given things, I think we could be doing better. But I'm not sure how. So Bob says, okay, I've heard about this thing called EOS. Tell me a little bit more about it. Well, in terms of the secret sauce, I'll give you the secret sauce. Go buy the book Traction by Gino Wickman. In that is all our they're all of our secrets, everything that we do, all the tools, everything's right there. But Bob doesn't quite know how to implement all this stuff. So he contacts us and what I'm going to do is do the 90-minute meeting with him to make sure that we are really on the same page that he understands what it is that we're going to do. So here's where this came from. Is that as Gino was looking at these entrepreneurial companies, he just realized that, you know, we business people, we leaders, entrepreneurs, we just tend to wrestle with about 130 
six things simultaneously. In other words, it's just a lot of stuff going mm-hmm. on in business. Mm-hmm. Well, what he discovered was that to the degree that you can strengthen what we call the six key components of your business – those 136 things just fall into place Mm -hmm. because they're really just symptoms of the root cause. So this model, the EOS model, is really based on the idea that we're going to implement a series of really simple disciplines in an organization that over time helps them to become stronger in each of these six key components. Mm -hmm. And we've measured it. We measure it, how they're doing, so we know that as companies start to become 60, 70, 80% strong in each of these components, their business grows, those 136 things fall into place, and they just kind of, everything just flows. Mm-hmm. So let me just share quickly at a high level those six sure, key components. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is the model. So the first key component is what we call the vision component. That's just simply getting everybody on the same page, 100% on the same page with where you're going, how you're going to get there. Two very simple disciplines that we help you implement to become stronger in that component. Second component is people, because without great people, that vision will never be realized. So what we do is we cut through all the great terms out there and really get to the heart of what it makes for great people in any unique organization. So we just give you a couple really simple tools to identify that those people. Third key component is the data component, and that's just running your business on good, hard data instead of egos, emotions, opinions, the kind of things that often drive entrepreneurial decisions. So as you begin to strengthen those three components, what happens is you become more transparent as an organization, and all those obstacles, barriers, et cetera, just begin to bubble to the surface. People more feel more comfortable in bringing them up. Mm-hmm. We call those issues. So the fourth key component is just simply – Identifying those issues, knocking them down, getting rid of them once for all for the greater good of the company. Fifth key component is process, and that's just simply getting everybody in your organization who touches one of your core processes to follow that process every time. Mm -hmm. This is going to build that consistency, the scalability, make the business more manageable. How hard is it to get all the uh, management team to work together? That is not as difficult as you might think. And so let me just kind of briefly say the last component okay. is the most is not the most important is attraction and that's just executing on that vision. Okay, so you okay. gotta have all six. six okay, can you say the, can you say the six again? So it's vision, people, data, issues, process, and traction. Mm-hmm. You gotta have that execution or nothing else works. So um, the implementation process really works on what I would call the traction piece first. So we do traction first, vision second. So I really want them to get to the point where they're starting to really execute better, get things done, have some of these things in place before we really start to nail down the vision. And so part of that process, because you asked you know, how hard is it to get mm-hmm. those people on the same page, well, in that first session, so I work on a daily basis with them. So it's all, roughly, all as, roughly as a, gr- as a group. Uh, as a group. Or? So I work with the leadership team. So I'm going to work with the leadership team of an organization. It might be two people, three people, might be seven people. And so I'll work with them over a period of the first three months. I'll meet with them for three full days. Mm-hmm. So the first day, we're just focused on that traction. And this is where we really start to get some of those issues coming out, some of those things start to get people on the same page because 
we're going to have those, some of those tough conversations about right people, right seats mm-hmm. in that first day. So we will go through and say, what's the right and best structure for this organization looking forward? And I will tell them in the 90-minute meeting that there's a possibility that someone who is in this room today may not be part of that leadership team mm-hmm. when we nail down who's really going to do what. That gets people talking openly and honestly, and we get that piece out of the way first. So we get that going. So by the time we start talking about the vision, they've already got those conversations flowing. Mm-hmm. We can have those deeper conversations so about trans- values. And, builds yeah. transparency. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So what uh, I you know I would think out of everything of, of those six things, I would think the toughest thing might just be developing that vision statement for the company because it just seems like a lot of people. When you ask them to to define what they do as a company or where you want to go, it yeah. just seems like you you know it's like you you know you've kicked them in the shins or something. You know? <laughs> well, I think you know generally that might be true. And like I said earlier, one of the things that Gino did was how do we do this in a way that's simple that companies can do it. So the vision piece is where we get them. The first discipline there is we get the leadership team together and we have them answer eight simple questions and we put this on a two-page document so their entire vision is on a two-page document and we just start out saying what are your core values so we take them through a discovery exercise to discover their true core values that's where a lot of the coming together happens because we're really looking at what is it what what is the heart of this company that creates some really great conversations. Then from there, we can start talking about where do you want to be in 10 years? What is it going to look like in three years? If it's going to look like that in three years, what do you need to get done in the next year? And then if that's going to happen, what do you need to get done in the next 90 days? Mm-hmm. What What are some of the uh, – uh, I want to emphasize both the uh, positive and not so positive, but uh, so what are – some common pushbacks that you get in the early stages of um, working with a client? And then also, what kind of commitment do you get in writing from the client that if we're going to mm-hmm. do this, we're, we're, we're in it together for whatever length of time? Okay. So I'll start with the commitment first. Mm-hmm. So what I ask for is a mental commitment for two years, a mental and emotional commitment for two years. We do not have contracts. I do not have a contract. So when I go in and I run a full-day session with them, which is roughly about five full-day sessions a year on average, at the end of that day, simply if they didn't feel like they got value out of that session, they don't pay me. No contract. They hand me a check at the end of the day. Here you go. Great job. Off we go. Mm -hmm. So we keep it really simple, the Mm -hmm. whole process. So that's the, the, the basic process. Now, Um, Within that, once we start running these full-day sessions, so that's the commitment I'm getting from them is that this is – I want you to commit to the process. So all of us are going to set aside a day for for Sid every – once a quarter or something? Exactly. So we're going to set – so the first three months, we're going to meet three times. So we'll meet once. We'll meet 30 days later. We'll meet again 30 days later. Then we go into execution mode, and it's once a quarter with a two-day annual. So – Again, keeping it simple. Once we're in execution mode, then we're just moving through. So those first three days are critical. By the end of those first three days, 
I've got the leadership in, team in place that needs to be in the room for the rest of it. We've got their vision all set. We know where they're going. We know how they're going to get there. And then they start rolling out the tools and disciplines to the rest of the company. By that point, I've got them meeting once a week as a leadership team for 90 minutes with a very specific agenda in which they have to be accountable to each other. There is no hiding. And they solve their issues Mm -hmm. every single week. So that gets that traction going, gets them moving forward. And then once we start to roll it out to the rest of the company, then we're working on what are the issues you're running into, what are the problems, what are the barriers, and so on. So that first session is really critical to set really set that framework for how we're going to work together. Mm-hmm. And again, that's that open, honest, really looking at things, answering the tough questions, and so on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think then on, you, then on the pushback, you, any yeah, any so, common pushback you get? So the most common pushback that we're going to get is once they've made the commitment to do this, okay, then the, the pushback is going to happen a couple of different ways. One is in that first session when we go through and say what's the right best and best structure for this leadership team, in other words, for the organization looking forward, one of the pushbacks is going to be, wait a minute, John's name isn't up on that chart when we identify who's going to sit in what seat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, John's going to be upset about that, mm-hmm. right? So that's one area of pushback. So we, we have to work through that as an issue. So that's one thing that we're going to work through. And that's probably one of the biggest ones early on. Um, the other areas where we might get some pushback on this is just in terms of we're, we're, we're so busy with our day-to-day stuff that we're having a hard time really using the tools. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I just say, look, this is what we're doing here. And you know, honestly, if you're not going to use the tools, then I can't work with you. Mm-hmm. So, so it's implementing. But I, but I would yeah. think, I would think uh, from your position, though, that that's probably something you enjoy, though, being able to take these many pieces of what's happening uh, with the uh, company's operation and management team and uh, getting the getting them to come together uh, unified. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I love this part. So I'm a, a, you know, I have a tech background, computer science and math. So Mm -hmm. I love systems. But I also have a a master's in in counseling psychology. So I love psychology and love thinking about people and having people work together. And I spent a lot of time working with uh, small businesses, family businesses on that piece. So I love combining those two. Mm Mm-hmm. And well, you, you understand human behavior yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, and maybe how to respond uh, correctly to mm-hmm. it or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so setting the pushback and the uh, whatever aside, let's talk about uh, what, what's going to be the positive benefits uh, of you coming in and helping my company. Well, there's really three things that, that are going to happen with them. Uh, one is a positive benefit. You think about any company, like Bob's Plumbing Company again, right? Mm-hmm. So he's had some people on the team that weren't always in sync with what he's going to do. So he's going to either get those people in sync with where he's going or he's going to get people in who are, right? And so one of the areas is that if we can get and – and this starts – I start seeing this about nine months into the process where I start seeing – the people in the organization really starting to buy into this vision and, and coming on board. And then you start getting everybody kind of rowing and starting to row in the same direction. 
So that's one thing that gets them to really get more done. They start really getting more of the great people that they want in there because they've got this defined. Second piece is the traction piece, the execution. So, And this I start seeing literally in the first three months where they come back and they say, after the first couple of months, first month or two, they say, you know what? We are having better meetings than we've ever had before, and we really feel like we're gaining traction because we are just getting things done. Mm -hmm. So they start holding each other accountable. They start getting these things done. And the third piece is the healthy piece. It really is. That's an important piece that working with them on the healthy or, or the leadership team, health of the organization, so that everybody really is is coming together better you're not having those side conversations you're not running silos mm-hmm. you know but, that makes that, a huge difference and so what happens is that i see after about six months they start to they're, they're getting more things done they're, they're getting more of the things done that they want they're starting to say we're getting traction nine months they're starting to see some benefit to that financially and also emotionally within a year most companies are seeing at least some revenue, decent revenue growth, more than they would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. So uh, kind of a broad question here. Uh, so what's the percentage of maybe the owner is a key problem, key component to the problem or the, uh, <laughs> yeah. or, the yeah. or preventing the company from growing versus, say, the, man, you know, the management? I, you know, I know it's both, but I mean, yeah. uh, sometimes yeah. – uh, Sometimes I can be my biggest problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's really interesting, and we definitely run in, into that. And so one of the things that we do, I talked about you know, getting right people, right seats. So one of the things we do in that very first session is we, we identify sometimes the owner is really what we would term what we call a visionary, Okay. And then hopefully they've got somebody else in the organization who is that good day-to-day person, loves Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So where we see those problems is typically where you've got that really strong-willed owner who's got their ways of doing things. They just, you know, they've got all the great ideas, but they've also got their hands in all the pies. And so the biggest struggle we have with that is getting them to let go and do what they're best at which is often that visionary thing, you know, coming up with the great ideas, big relationship person. You know, they're often in the smaller companies. They're often the, the rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you do your, uh, when you do your assessment, uh, is there a way uh, that you can tell if the ownership of the company is really buying into the process at the beginning because I would I wouldn't think that you would want to proceed with trying to implement a system if you didn't have mm-hmm. the owner of the company in there a hundred percent. Yeah, sometimes that comes out in that ninety minute meeting. You know, if the owner of the company is the only one talking, then I might look at some of the others and and just say so. You know, or maybe even just call it out. I mm-hmm. notice that. You're doing all the talking, and just want to hear from some of the other rest of you about this. Mm-hmm. And so it might come out there. Um, it might. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it comes out in that first session when we're looking at who's doing what, and it really becomes apparent that people are hesitating to talk. They're hesitant, hesitating to make decisions. They're hesitating to step forward. Mm-hmm. And I'll call that out in the session. And it. 
it hasn't happened to me, but I know it's happened to other implementers where they've said one of two things, either I'm not sure this is going to work for you, mm-hmm. you know, don't pay me for today's session. And sometimes it's just not the right implementer. I've mm-hmm. talked to other implementers who have said, you know what, I think that you need somebody else mm-hmm. in here. Yeah, we all have our different styles yeah. and, you know, yeah. it works for some, yeah. uh, not for others. Yep. But so, so uh, got a few, just a couple mm-hmm. minutes left here. Uh, what do you enjoy? What do you, what fulfillment do you get out of this, Sid, uh, when you're working with clients? Oh, I, you know, it's really pretty clear for me when when I s- get the sense that those light bulbs are going off and they they get something. So, for example, um, the employees, the staff, are doing X, Y, and Z, and that's their issue that they bring up. And I'm able to just facilitate the conversation to the point where they realize that they are the ones doing X, Y, and Z, and the staff mm-hmm. are just following them. You know, that kind of thing where uh, they come in and they just say, you know, we're really getting some progress here. We're making things. So it's that, you know, seeing them change and enjoy their work more is, that's, to me, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's why I do this. Yeah. So uh, if someone is listening today that is interested in pursuing the program, now this program is across the United States, correct? It's actually worldwide. Worldwide. Yep. And uh, we're in uh, Portland, Oregon today mm-hmm. recording, recording this. And this is uh, – so do you travel outside of the – of this area, I mean, is it? I will travel. I'll travel to the Bay Area. I'll travel up to Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. pretty much anywhere in Oregon. So, and, if someone's listening today and they uh, like what they're hearing and they have an interest, how do they get? Uh, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So, probably the best way to get in touch with me is. Uh, and I should I go ahead and leave my email address and phone number here? Sure. Yeah, uh, okay. So, phone number five zero three two eight seven zero two four six. Email is sid at predictabletraction.com. And the other thing is if you're outside of this area, if you're outside of my region and you're thinking this is something that you want to do, go to eosworldwide.com and you can go there and just say, I'm interested. They will hook you up with an implementer. All right. Hey, well, we're out of time for today. Uh, Sid, I really want to thank you for coming to discuss the EOS system and uh, how it helps businesses. You can find more about Sid again at uh, predictabletraction.com or on our website at clouseroundbusiness.com. If you have an interest or questions, please reach out to Sid. I know he will be happy to help in any way. Thanks for being with us today. Remember to tell your friends about us. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Podbean, and always at clouseroundbusiness.com. All for now, you've been listening to Clouser on Business.